0: We're going to be visited in a moment with our guest to continue our important series, Conversations with Remarkable Minds. He is Professor Amit Goswami, G-O-S-W-A-M-I. Many of you are familiar with him because you've seen him in movies like What the Bleep or um, uh, Down the Rabbit Hole. He is a quantum physicist, a philosopher... Uh, He is Professor Emeritus of Nuclear Physics and Theoretical Nuclear Physics, University of Oregon's Institute for Theoretical Physics, and uh, he has been a major voice for understanding paradigm shifts in the new biology, genetics and psychology, medicine and the healing arts. His book is Self-Aware Universe. Nice to have you with us today.
1: Thank you, Gary. Nice to be here.
0: Last evening, I took a moment from writing commentaries. And by the way, we'll have a commentary today after our interview. Um, I'm going to find out exactly how, long, um, how much time we have for that commentary. It may run a little long on the Huffington Post being sold to AOL and how I've never considered it progressive. But what happens when you don't have a truly progressive environment Then if you want any voice, or get your word out anywhere, you begin to make compromises. And then you become the progressive voice on an otherwise very right or conservative blog, and it all gets mixed together. Well, why not just have a site where just progressives have a voice, where no one has to mistake that? Anyhow, uh, that's a commentary that's going to come after our discussion.
1: That's a good one, Gary, because, um, you know, the current tendency of um, media has been to take uh, scientific materialism, which is the basis of how we do science today, very seriously. This uh, this science says that there are no values that can be upheld. Matter, material interactions are everything, and material interactions cannot process values, obviously. So, uh, value-free science. Value-free science, value-free media, this is why you bring progressive values, they must be balanced by regressive values, conservative values, however they define it. This is a huge problem, so I completely uh, agree with you that there should be just progressive. Science is not value-free, the new science is coming, new paradigm work has produced astounding results that has been verified in the laboratory. We can trust it. There is no reason to say that we always have to balance any view with the opposite view.: Great.
0: In the very near future, I believe that there will be a need to show people who are not yet aware of how much they can much is possible in the way of constructive, self-sufficient change to get out of the cities and out of the suburbs into a more rural environment, but how to take what we have learned and gained from being in these environments to a more rural environment, to smaller communities, where like-minded people can share common themes of living, respect for life, respect for nature, only, only having in your life what you need for happiness, and understanding the difference between material happiness, which is the only value we have today, and quantum and spiritual and conscious happiness, because without consciousness, we do not have spiritual. And without spiritual, we do not have quantum a- a- attainment, meaning attaining a higher level of awareness that keeps us from being greedy, selfish, destructive, so that we can solve all problems.
1: Well, you put it so beautifully. Uh, what happens with materialism uh, is that we become believers of it's all determined. Nothing new can ever happen. This nothing new can ever happen degrades creativity in such a way that uh, changes, especially changes which bring in new values, archetypal values within us, values like love and beauty and justice, which we all covered, but materialism denigrates it. So, indeed, what, uh, what needs to be done is that we have to recognize that a a new paradigm is coming in science, and we have to recognize that this new paradigm gives us inroads in creativity like never before, and then build a world where creativity will be the going thing, not only in words, not only in, in our outer products that we share with people, but also with ourselves, our own being that we share with people too. And I, this is where your idea of community is, comes in, and extremely important.
0: Right now, we have. I, I was just speaking with Celia Farber, who's sitting in the studio here, and Celia as many of you know, uh, has been a major voice in um, what I call the the movement to find truth in flawed paradigms. And for though, and this is not regular journalism. This is spiritual journalism. Now, that's a different term. You've never heard the word spiritual journalism, I don't think, because I I made it up recently. I like it. (laughs) And spiritual journalism is where you take an absolute set in stone belief system that cannot be challenged, such as HIV equals AIDS equals death, or that synthetic hormone replacement therapy is the only treatment to help a woman with hot flashes. Or that a child has a movement issue in class, a non-attentive issue in class, a jitter, it is ADD and you must treat them. Or that vaccines are safe and effective for every person. These set in stones. Or if you have a terrorist, you must, in, you must have a thousand times greater uh, challenge against the terrorist with military might. The only answer to yeah. war is more war. The only answer to terror is more terror. More terror. These, these set in stone. And this is how we live. And then you go in and you deconstruct the myth and you find the truth within that. So Celia and many of us have found the truth within the paradigm of AIDS. And guess who has now come forward? The man who discovered it all. (laughs) The man who got the Nobel Prize last year for discovering the HIV virus, Luc Montagnier, has now said twice, twice, so HIV, you can prevent it from going in your body, if you have antioxidants, clean food and clean water, and if you do have HIV infection, you can get it out of the body, not with drugs, with antioxidants, good food and water. The very thing that we were doing at the with 12 out of 12 people completely ridding them of all AIDS-defining illnesses and documenting it, but the media, the paradigm, could not possibly accept it. The paradigm didn't show up at the press conference. Your father did. Nobody would show up at the press conference except the 100 people who had benefited, long-term survivors. their are doctors and a panel of scientists and an observer. One of the observers was uh, Senator David Patterson. If you look at the pictures, you'll see there's the former governor who was in senator and he was there to listen in But we had a whole panel of scientists saying, these people had full-blown AIDS. Today they have no AIDS at all. And here's why, and here are their doctors, and here's their medical records, and here's the patients. Not a single member of the media showed up. That's the power of the paradigm. In comes the person that challenges it. In comes Sylvia Farber. In comes others in their fields, Chris Hedges. For example, Danny Schachter helen Caldicott. when it comes to nuclear all right uh and then you dig in and you see gee whiz can anyone see there's a whole lot of wrong here (laughs) and you go to the new york times you go to the left and the right the left is equally uh, uh, susceptible to believing vaccines are right you won't hear any these shows on the left talking about everything for the left is vaccines yes drugs yes aids yes uh, uh but they'll go against fracking. Okay, why would you become progressive on one issue and stay ramrock rigid on all the others? That's the danger of being an idea. Belonging, your whole identity becomes from an ideology and hence your whole beliefs come from an ideology and there's no room to change. You can't wiggle. There's no wiggling in concrete. And that's these ideologists. So suddenly we have in America today probably about, we'll see more harsh as one, we have maybe... Jeremy Shea here is another. Maybe we have about a thousand really, really unique, and I call them spiritual journalists. They are not given the credit they deserve. They're almost always attacked. They're given no room at the table of credibility, except sometimes by their peers, as some have won Pulitzer Prizes. But their, their information never changes the paradigm. So no matter how many articles or documentaries or broadcasts, or demonstrations, nothing changes. You mean others don't follow it up? No one follows it up, because no paradigm exists without a political base to fortify it, a judicial base to protect it, the professional base to define it, the talking heads that go forth to defend it, and a populist base that is attracted to or supportive of it. Now, that said, here's my question. How do we go from where we're at, disparate groups working together? That's why I founded the Perseverator Network and every day the articles we have, hundreds from these individuals and stories, to where all Americans become aware there's another reality, not based upon the rigidity and conformity and the non-flexibility of a materialistic reality, But rather, there are conscious realities, spiritual realities, and the real activism that allows real change and sustainable change to change, not the paradigms. Paradigms don't change, but to create a new paradigm based upon no poverty, no hunger, no war, no discrimination, no violence. We have all the pieces there, but we do not have the total cooperation that It is coming. Your thoughts, please. And then, Sue, I'd like for you to share your thoughts after that on the same
1: issue. So, we start with some yeses. To have a world in which all those no's can exist, the first yes that you have to bring in is yes consciousness, yes consciousness. Consciousness is basic. The materialist worldview says that every cause must be a material cause anything that matter cannot process has to be dealt with suspicion only way that could arise is through darwinian evolution when you were talking about the givens uh, the biggest given biggest fraud today i mean that's a strong word to use i I know i get in trouble using the strong words but uh, darwinism is an incomplete theory Uh, and yet you cannot even make the statement that uh, media will ever pick up. You can make the statements on the Internet, thank heavens, but not in mainstream media and be credible, especially if you are a biologist. I'm a quantum physicist, so I get, get away with it because nobody pays attention. No biologist pays attention to what quantum physics has to say about biological evolution. So, how do we change all this? This is where the crucial point is. How do we make this, yes, how do we say yes to consciousness, yes to meaning, yes to vital energies, which is vitality. But these are all non-material stuff. These are stuff that matter cannot process. These are stuff that biological evolution, a la Darwinism, cannot possibly explain ever. These are outside the jurisdiction of what materialist science has given us. So how do we make inroads? Well, first of all, we have to have the complete recognition that philosophically we have solved all the problems that existed against integrating spirituality and science, consciousness and science, matter and mind. There is no philosophical difficulty with dualism anymore this big bugaboo that materialist scientists raise how do matter and mind interact, is solved in quantum physics with the idea of signal-less communication. We don't need an intermediary of a signal in order for two disparate objects to interact. Matter and mind are now conceived to be individual worlds in a ground of being that is consciousness. And then uh, matter and mind uh, interaction is mediated by consciousness itself through quantum non-locality. What happens when these ideas become prevalent? And they are becoming, by the way, the, the, the weight of the data is so good, Gary, today, of, about non-locality, that there is increasing pressure that parapsychology be included in uh, college curriculum and psychology in many reputed universities. So this is very good news. The other good news is that alternative medicine uh, starting with the 90s some government money is coming into the research on alternative medicine very little nominal but it has raised the level of respectability quite a bit so my suggestion is this I completely agree that we have to develop this alternate world and through the internet make it very clear that people can have knowledge in this alternate world they don't have to depend on mainstream media Let the mainstream media do its thing with materialism or value-free science and create polarizations like Fox News and MSNBC or whatever have you, but let people find the truth in the on the internet through works like what you are doing you know i similarly have an activist movement called quantum activism where we try to give the people the idea that you can change your life and change the world using quantum principles in a serious way like non-locality creativity a giving up of the simple hierarchical system with tangled hierarchical system. Look, we started these things in the 20th century, you know. We had racism abolished practically. Well, not, not, not totally, but still, it is at least, uh, racism is now a taboo. Uh, feminism, we have that. We have, at, at least on paper, equality of men and women. Uh, these things suggest that hierarchies are uh, destined to become the dinosaurs of ideas. They got to go away. And what has to replace them? If the underlying science is hierarchical, which material science is, it gives a simple hierarchical system. We cannot possibly change our society to uh, abolish hierarchies, to replace them with what quantum physics calls tangled hierarchy, where uh, cause and effect are two way circular. So we really have to go from the get go and recognize that uh, alternative ways of expression, alternative science, has to happen for a while until the weight of evidence and especially weight of technology, applications, such as alternative medicine is an application of the new science. Um, Transpersonal psychology is an application of the new science, integration of science and spirituality. Quantum healing. Quantum healing. (coughs) These are applications. I am suggesting spiritual economics that remove poverty, that gets rid of the polarization of rich and poor.
0: And spiritual journalism, which refuses to accept a piece of paper given by a manufacturer that the drug is a cure for cancer, the drug is a cure for heart disease, and suddenly you're promoting the economic single-minded interest, only the monetary reality of life instead of looking for the truth how do you know this drug does anything other exactly. than what you tell me let me research if we research the truth of all medicines 90% of all medicine would show it fails only emergency medicine works we wouldn't have the chemotherapies the heart medications the statin drugs the psychiatric medication the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors all those would be obsolete because the real journalists who are not aligned would not publish that and be a propagandist. How nor hundred- would the bankers be willing to... We, we need spiritual banking. We need a banker. We need spiritual investors. We don't have those now as a paradigm. We have them individually, but we, the paradigm is... And by the way, just one more thought, and I want you to answer this, too. Last night, I took a little break, and I ran across the street because there's a movie theater across the from our office here on Broadway, and I saw a movie, and it was called The Company Men, with... Uh, Tommy Lee... uh, Tommy... uh, What's his name? Tommy...
1: Tommy Lee Curtis?
0: No, Tommy Jones. I forgot his name. Huh? Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Ben Affleck. And uh, Kevin Cosner is almost non-recognizable. It was a very good film. But the whole premise of the film was a shipbuilding company um, was downsizing. And it was cutting out employees because it wanted to make itself uh, more profitable, to be merged, and they were and only one character in the movie, really was shown to be a human being. And that was the co-founder of the company, who himself, because he wanted to stop the firing of other employees, himself was fired by his best friend, who started the company with, and um, and you saw the struggles of how each person dealt with their firing and what was in one committed suicide. Nobody could accept the fact that. There was a reality other than material. It was, I'm going to lose my car, my house, uh, but nobody stopped for a moment and said, But what have I not lost? I haven't lost my children or my love of my partner. Isn't that worth something? I'm still healthy. Isn't that worth something? I can still go out and go for a walk. Isn't that? No one valued life. The whole message of the movie was the only value is material possessions because without it, you're a nobody. Like the guy said, I don't want anyone to know that I don't have a job because it'll affect how they perceive us. So he would go even though he couldn't afford to play golf until they found out he wasn't paying his bill. It was all about image. And it's a sad film. It's a depressing film. And in one scene of the film, they didn't have to fire 6,000 employees. But the owner of the company, this kind of ruthless guy, who is just like all the other people on Wall Street, said, but if it gives us another two more dollars value in our stock, yeah, let's get rid of them. And Tommy Lee Jones says, hold on, why don't you stop this big office building you're going to buy? You don't need that. Why don't you stop with the private airplanes? We could save 100 employees if you didn't take these private jets. And all the other people looking like, what? These people are just these, these are disposable and the whole message was at one time we had a manufacturing base in America where people could do an honest day's work and get an honest living from that and they could build a middle class and they had values, community values, family values, life values, they had joys and we had a prosperous middle class today we've outsourced these jobs to make money and as the guy said at the end of the film hey, we just sold the company, $600 million is what I'm worth today That was the message. And then you look at the people, the hedge fund people, and the Wall Street people, how much they made, but how much someone had to lose. And today, oil's over $100. Why is oil over $100? Has it been stopped? Has there been any blockage of oil coming out of the ground or blockage of it getting here? No, not a single drop of oil has been interfered with. Speculators on Wall Street are manipulating the price of oil and they don't care about which woman won't be able to heat their home uh, because they will not be able to oil, fuel, afford the fuel. That's That kind of lack of spiritual awareness, that single-mindedness, is a problem in the United States. I'd like for you to address that. <clears throat>
1: Well, fortunately, Gary, um, what happens in all of this is that there is an evolution of consciousness going on. This evolution of consciousness will take care of some of it. And and what happens, uh, if you look at history, is that paradigms produce anomalies, uh, paradoxes. And these paradoxes of thinking translate into real paradoxes of living, real paradoxes of maintaining the kind of sustain the kind of civilization that, that you are talking about. So, I, I, I don't think... I'm basically an optimistic person, and you must be too, because because optimism is, is our natural state. We become pessimistic because of some negative emotional brain circuits that are also built into us, and because we become conditioned in terms of uh, the worldview, view, etc., that are being sold. But the reason for optimism is is very, very clear. Ultimately, consciousness is the ground of being. There is a movement of consciousness that is going on. It is evolving. And uh, this way of movement, the the movements that you were uh, suggesting and, and rightfully very excited about because what are these movements suggesting? It's suggesting catastrophe, like we are seeing already. Recession after recession after recession. And in between, what we see is... Uh, bubbles, they lose, bubbles, and <laughs> they thought for a while, but you,
0: they disappear. Right. Your thoughts? I believe that we have been lied to by all the media. Absolutely. My, my thought. Our I,
1: politicians. Okay. Don't forget
0: them. Well, <laughs> well, no, you can't even say lied to in politicians. There assumes there is a separation of reality. They are all liars. Now, I believe that from 1995 till today, we have never left a recession. I believe if you look at the economic reality, and I have a background in economics, people don't realize this, but before I got my degrees in nutrition, I had a background in economics, all right? That's why I I know what I'm talking about on this. We have lived completely in a bubble. First it was a dot-com bubble that emerged into the housing bubble, and over 13 trillion dollars was made that was a bubble, which means it wasn't real. And from that bubble, people then, the banking community with the Glass-Steagall rescinded, then saw they could buy companies. And they're buying companies and loading them up with debt. Thousands and thousands of companies. Linen and things. Circuit City. Macy's by Federated Stores. All these thousands of one-time profitable, well-run companies that had... You could work there your whole life. You made a living wage. Not slave labor. You had health benefits. Uh, they were not anti-union in most cases. The union represented collective bargaining, which allowed you an opportunity to live. Once those mergers came, those contracts were null and void. And, they, and then now in came the hedge funds, the great, the great capitalist vultures. They could see, ah, you run a very profitable company. We're going to go to our buddy over here at Goldman Sachs and say, that company's worth $100 million, give me 300000000 million. We're going to take $200 million as our profit. You're going to load that company up with $300 million worth of debt. Now you are going to go in and you're going to downsize all those employees. If they've been there 10, 20, 30 years, the longer they've been there, the quicker you get rid of them because we're getting rid of seniority and all their benefits and how much we're paying them cut off those divisions now at the end of the day we can still make that product cheaper in china so we got to deal in china where we're not going to pay someone 20 dollars an hour down from 30 we're going to pay them 2 dollars a day so we got to deal with china so we're going to go to china we're going to have china build us a factory they're going to become a part owner but we're going to have a product that we're going to manufacture there we're going to manufacture a television set a computer a washing machine and we're going to bicycle, and we're going to bring it back and sell it at Walmart for a hundred dollars, where before it would have cost us a hundred dollars. Look how rich we are! And suddenly, the greed in America, the consumers, says, "I want to invest in that." They, the hedge funds, made their money. The equity partnerships made their money. Everybody made their money, and even the greedy pensions made their money by investing in apartheid regime products in South Africa, in Iranian oil. It was terrible. The lack of ethics of how people made money. But as long as you can make money, you made money. It was all a bubble. It was all an illusion. Americans were broke. Americans were living on debt, the credit card debt. The equity in their house was a bubble, Their uh, equity. Therefore, it was an illusionary bubble. Commercial real estate, a bubble. But borrowing against your commercial real estate to buy five more buildings. Having your casino build four more casinos. Having your jetliner build four more jetliners because you got cheap money, and today you get money for zero. So our entire economy is an illusion. Yes. Your thoughts, please.
1: Yes. So um, what has to be done then is also pretty obvious. As I said, catastrophes will take care of this very unstable situation. We have seen uh, certain uh, inequities in other countries like Egypt and Tunisia right now uh, getting headlines all over the world because people had enough. And now, in America, situation is somewhat different because we have here artificially, as you... We haven't
0: got enough yet. We're, we're not in enough pain, <laughs> as bad part as that it. is.
1: That is part of it, but part of it also, this artificial mm. uh, division between two political parties and people think that by being Democrat, they're making a noise or by being Republican, they're making a noise. Or
0: the Tea Parties, you're going to be pulled up by the Republicans, a big lie there. They've been used.
1: Yeah. So that, 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 that unfortunate view, vision that people have, uh, another illusion that they're actually choosing between two parties, whereas there really isn't much choice because both parties are united in one thing and one thing only. Which is their materialist and their cynic. One party uh, talks about giving slip service to God, and therefore, um, uh, Christian movement, uh, the Republicans, having, conservatives. They support that, uh, they get that, and, and the other party are openly um, atheistic and uh, so called agnostic. Agnostic, or uh, whatever Inci- you want to call it. Existential dissidents. <laughs> but the existentialist. Exist- existential is a very good word for them because in existentialism there is only pretension, there is no real values. Mm-hmm. So, everybody pretends, everybody is ultimately a Republican, Democrat, Tea Party, everybody is ultimately existentialist. No values, only pretension. So, how will it change? It, it is changing already because this is very unstable. In in economics, it has become so unstable that this forever recessions are going to get into more deeper and deeper recessions. We haven't seen nothing yet. Actually, uh, I, I agree. this time we avoided because there was still some credibility for United States left. But suppose another recession, which is not very far away, just a few years away, because there is not easily created bubble to be had. Of course, people will figure out some bubbles, I'm sure, but those bubbles are going to be shorter and shorter lived. And then what do you do? Next time, this uh, this cure that they f- that they found is not going to work, right?
0: There's three things that we have not taken into consideration: chaos, climate. The climate change due to global warming is creating the worst winters, the worst droughts the worst rainfall and hailstorms. And that is warming up the Atlantic. This year, 21 degrees up and th- which, uh, warmer for this time than any other time, which meant massive melt-off of permafrost, mm-hmm. massive melt-off of the Arctic, which meant changing the current, which meant more precipitate matter, which meant more snow and more rain. It's amazing that the republics can't seem to figure this out. <laughs> now, so we are now going to have more catastrophic problems that means foods food crops are going to be destroyed either because of drought on one end or flooding on the other. Their answer is genetic engineering. Today there's a demonstration. This is my last question for you. Today there's a demonstration as part of this. We are protesting today against the alignment of Bill Gates in the American media and the American government and all the celebrities who are surrounding them, like Bono. They're calling for, you know, genetic engineering is the answer to starvation. It is not. It is a cause of starvation. They're calling for mass immunization programs. And we're saying, Mr. Gates, you have not looked at all the evidence. So there's protest right now against uh, Chairman Gates at uh, Microsoft headquarters in New York City. It's going on as we speak right now. Vaccine advocates—not the advocating for vaccines, but those who have found the science behind vaccines' safety and efficacy lacking—are there to say you have been treated with differential and preferential uh, handling by all the media. If Bill Gates shows up, they all just get down and genuflect instead of honest, objective questioning of him about show us the science. Who have you gotten your information from? And if he was honest, he would have to say from vaccine scientists who are on the payroll of vaccine companies and therefore extremely biased. He yes. is not a scientist, and he won't listen to those who are scientists and journalists who have seen the truth. He is not open to any of this. We've sent him emails, letters, documentaries, articles, all politely so, I might mention, never without any attack towards him, and say, please examine this. He refuses to. This is the paradigm. Those who control the paradigm, those who are the elite intellectuals, elite business, elite politicians, elite journalists, elite entertainers, refuse to look at the truth outside of their own limited paradigm. Now, in your concept of your quantum activism, how can we in the United States learn the lesson of challenging virtually all of our institutions because they've all betrayed us. Our religious institutions, our, our, our political institutions, our social institutions, our educational institutions, our entertainment institutions, all institutions, our scientific institutions, our medical institutions have all betrayed the truth because they are all commodified, yes. commercialized, Corrupted. and dominated yes. by corruption at all levels. How do you use quantum activism
1: towards these well uh, quantum activism is, 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 is fundamentally a process we start with right thinking the thinking is basic thinking is wrong basic thinking is that everything is matter there is no value there is no meaning it's all existentialism pretend values pretend meaning and be as cynical as cynical as you want to be and center on your pleasure
0: when it you're saying everything is matter, you're saying everything's a physical possession a car, a house, a right. dress, a right. diamond, a because yacht. Because
1: they, they satisfy our pleasure centers. There are these built in uh, negative emotional brain circuit, which is not always experienced as negative, like pleasure. Too much of it becomes negative. So we call them negative emotion. also, ultimately, because as, as you know, too much pleasure nobody can sustain. It becomes pain. But this identification of happiness with material happiness that you mentioned earlier in the broadcast, that identification goes a long way to close people's mind because they only think of short term. And, of course, these systems that have been created are very powerful because, for example, um, that need can be marketed People's need is not their inherent need, but a need that a company can create by just marketing. These kind of ideas have been very useful for uh, propagating this kind of philosophy because no longer people are even capable of uh, looking at their real needs. Their real needs are, of course, meaning, values, all these things that we are talking about. However, the saving grace is that this is an unstable system. This is not a sustainable system. Therefore, the system is already showing signs of cracking up, showing signs of... Um, shedding, it's, shedding its strengths. That's right. Shedding its strength. Good, good way of putting it. What will come in, in its place? Right thinking. The more quickly we can think right, a substantial number of us. This is another part of the new paradigm, which is beautiful, Gary, which is that if a few million of us can think the new way and live the new way, then we can change the whole world. We don't have to wait for the six billion people to do
0: right thinking. I agree, and I believe that we're going to see that in the in the next three years. The shift occurring. Why? Because I believe we have, I believe real estate is going to go from 15 to 50 percent drop in its value across the country, starting now over the next 24 months. I believe that none of the jobs that we have lost in the manufacturing sector as a percentage is coming back. These have all gone off and are going off daily to China, India, and other places. And that's going to increase. I also believe that when you are only a service and a consumer society, when you're consuming, you're consuming based upon what? Accumulation of debt. Hence, we're not going to be able to accumulate debt. Therefore, we can't consume. When we can't consume, and there are 5.5 million vacant homes right now in the United States. I just came from New Orleans where there were 29% of all homes in all of New Orleans, all the parishes, vacant. But in the Ninth Ward, it's 95% vacant. I believe that you're going to see gigantic vacancies. If they started bringing these vacant homes back on the market now, the value of what's there now would collapse and go down 80% course. 90% of all people's value that they have at all today is the equity in their home. Right now, 68% of all homes are underwater. That means that the entire middle class economy is bankrupt. Our federal economy is bankrupt because they refuse to get rid of the subsidies to the military industrial complex, to the energy cartels, to the food production uh, segments, they haven't uh, to the health care, to the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industries, they could cut two trillion dollars, and they're not cutting a nickel from these places. Instead, they want to take away people's Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, or they say the unions or what we're paying people are too much. Wrong. We're not paying people enough. They've got Glenn Beck, you've got it wrong. Sean Hannity, you've got it wrong. You should be paying people more. If you pay them more and you give people a living wage, then they have money to pay off their debt, pay off their mortgages, and put money back into the economy. You're not, you're you're, you're doing absolutely the, you, my God, how many people we have are so blind. To the conservatives and to the uh, middle, uh, to the uh, to the Clinton and Obama Democrats, who are no different than Ronald Reagan in drag. All right, that's what you are. You are treating the economy and the middle class like Benjamin Rush treated George Washington. He bled him to death from a common cold. All right, you're doing the exact wrong thing. You should be infusing money into small businesses with uh, if you hire a person, you hire them at $30 an hour. If we give you a million dollars at zero interest loan for three years, you don't have to pay it back for three years at zero interest, you would have five million businesses. You would put every unemployed American back to work at a living wage. We would suddenly become a nation of builders. Instead, we are a nation of consumers on debt, and they're taking away the final pennies of people who are now working two jobs, Mothers who can't be with their kids because they're in a, they can't afford not to work, and what they make, they they, they are still living at subsistence even, level. Even That's like, the stupidity of the yes, people.
1: Even ideas like research and innovation, which, which almost everybody wants to support. Look at that. Look at the research and innovation that is actually being done. It's always in the same old, tired ideas.
0: You can't get a penny if you are innovative uh, you, in science. Exactly, National Institute of Health, exactly. National
1: Cancer Institute, American Cancer Society, these people
0: are Tyrannosaurus Rexes.
1: Alternative medicine can solve the problem of healthcare cost in just a matter of 10 years That's If, it, if it becomes acceptable if it becomes if we recognize like you said that um, really there is no room for materialistic medicine except for emergency room procedures if that is understood the medical cost will disappear evaporate